I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. If you're a firearms enthusiast like I am, or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best-kept secret, Bear Creek Arsenal. This is a veteran-owned and operated gun manufacturer. Bear Creek Arsenal, that is, based in Sanford, North Carolina. They make high-quality firearms at an incredible value. Learn more about Bear Creek Arsenal at BearCreekArsenal.com slash buck. Use promo code BUCK to get 10% off your first order. One more time, BearCreekArsenal.com slash BUCK and promo code BUCK to get 10% off your first order. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in hour number three, Thursday edition of the program. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. As always, encourage you to go make sure that you subscribe to the Clay Travis Buck Sexton Show podcast. All you have to do is search out my name, Clay Travis, search out Buck Sexton, Lots of great stuff as a part of the podcast network now. You heard Tudor Dixon guest host the show last Friday. She is in uh, that podcast network, the Clay and Buck podcast network on a regular basis, as is uh, our friend Carol Markowitz. So all of that underway. Buck, I'm curious. We talked a little bit about this uh, earlier in the show, uh, but I'm curious to what extent are you setting your Thursday evening, uh, you know, sort of uh, downtime, around making sure that you watch Ron DeSantis versus Gavin Newsom, Sean Hannity, who many of you will be listening to in about an hour, uh, is, uh, is going to be handling that, uh, that debate. I think it's a huge event. Uh, I, I've already planned. I'm flying up to New York because I've got the Tunnel to Towers, uh, fundraiser on Friday, their, their gala event. And I'm going to order food. And I'm going to kick my feet up, and I'm going to watch this debate from my hotel room. That is my evening plans. That is what I am all set for. I'm going to treat it like a sporting event. I think it should be wildly entertaining. Are you also building? Will you DVR it? How would you assess uh, your you know, planning associated with this debate? Oh, we got steak and politics night over here. That's at a good one. Sexton a good one. Household. We're cooking up some steaks. New York Strip. And doing the doing either the reverse here or the sous vide, probably sous vide tonight. Uh, also going to tell everybody I'm a big fan of the flavor board for steaks. If you haven't seen it, you go on YouTube or somewhere, you'll find it where you really season the steaks after it's cooked when it's still very hot. It soaks up the flavor. Just a little tip for all of you because a lot of the pepper and salt you put in in the very beginning, some of it gets absorbed, some of it comes off. Okay, side note. Um, here's why I 
I'm, I'm looking forward to watching this. Uh, I appreciate yesterday Vivek was like, that debate is crap. I don't even care. He was, he had, he had no, <laughs> which by the way is what I would say if I were Vivek too. I was going to say, if I'm him, yeah, sure. But it's actually not crap. It's going to be interesting. And, um, I think it's, it's something that, you know, I'm going to be watching at home. A lot of my friends down here in Florida are watching. I might have had a few friends over. My brothers may come by. So here, here's the thing. Yeah. Cause if you're Vivek, you don't want any attention for Ron DeSantis no doubt. as the yes. candidate, right? I want to see more high level debate. That is my, my fundamental premise in American politics, in American media. We have gotten to a place now where no one has to defend their positions anymore. You know, no, no one is, is really pushed and feels like, and people could say, Oh, well, how do we change this? Well, you need to have people that feel that there's a pressure from the public for them to have to actually stand up and do it. I mean, you have two got two governors. National level political figures, representative of their respective ideologies, who are going to be laying out, you know, what it is that they're trying to uh, accomplish and why they do what they do. This is what people need to hear. Clay, I, I feel like, I mean, I've said this before. When, when I first got into media, um, I, I, can't, I came from an era of watching things like uh, Crossfire and yes. Firing Line and these different shows, and. That's gone now. I mean, even you used to have a lot more, honestly, you used to have a lot more debate on Fox. You know, high-level people from the Democrat side would go on Fox, and those were the clips that would go viral. I feel like no one debates anymore. So I'm not saying this is going to change all that, but there may be follow-on to it. There may be. So for me, it's just this is what needs to start to happen. Yeah, I, I think this is also, now you heard Vivek yesterday say that he thought Gavin Newsom was going to be the nominee in 24. He's and, wrong, by the way. He's wrong. He's, that's the second thing he said in the interview that was wrong, but keep going. I agree with him. I thought he was brilliant and astute on that, uh, that take. Uh, but I do think if you told me right now, okay, let's take 24 off the board. What is the most likely matchup in 2028? I would vote Ron DeSantis against Gavin Newsom for president of the United States, right? Because whatever happens with, even if you presume, that it's Biden versus Trump. Both of those guys are way too old, regardless of what happens. Like, Joe Biden, if he loses, is not going to rematch Donald Trump. And if Donald Trump loses, I think it would be almost impossible for him to run for a third term of office. I say almost impossible. At the age of 81, given where he would, uh, where you know, four years from now, that seems highly unlikely. By the way, I think Trump will win if he's the nominee, so he would be term-limited out. One of those guys is going to be term-limited out. The other one I think is going to be too old. I think we will get a turning of the page, a brand-new generation in 2028. To me, this is the first, it's like a preseason game for what might well be the 2028 presidential election. And I don't know that there is a better, this to me, just you know, strip aside everything else. To me, the most consequential thing that's happened in this country in the 21st century is COVID and our response to it, leaving aside 9-11. But in in the last 20 years, the most consequential thing that's happened is 9-11 and our response to it. We still never have gotten a direct opportunity for people to vote on who made the right decisions associated with COVID. We never had that, right? You got referendums where different incumbents, whether they're Democrats or Republicans, they all won, right? 2022, everybody hates every politician. The only guy who lost was Nevada's governor, Sistelak or whatever. That was like the only statewide incumbent who lost. 
even this idiot uh, Bashir who got everything wrong in the red state of Kentucky won as an incumbent re-election. Everybody won. It didn't matter what Gretchen decision Whitmer you made. Won by more against yeah. our friend Tudor Dixon. I mean, you know, you you look at the opportunity for the people to vote on COVID, and it did not go the way that sanity and accountability would have wanted to. I would just say this though, Clay. Um, back to my 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 point about you know public debate, and you know, keep in mind, it's not even just that in the media, the you know rock'em sock'em throwdowns on TV. I mean, I remember I used to go on that site, Mediaite, which if you're not in the media, you probably maybe don't even know about, but it's and it was just clips of people fighting on cable news all day, and it was great because you'd yeah. see the best cable news fight. There's no, there's basically no cable news fights anymore because nobody goes on each other's channels. It's even more than that though. I mean, look, it's good strategy. But Donald Trump isn't even debating against his primary opponents, right? Yeah. I mean, this is, there's, there's this move away, and I'm, I'm saying this, you know, taking a guess here or, or a prediction. I don't think that Joe Biden's going to debate Donald Trump. I think he's going to say, we all know what I stand for and what he stands for, and I'm not going to platform that insurrectionist or something like that. I, I don't think he's going to debate Donald Trump. So when I say we've moved away from debate, it's much bigger even than just, oh, we need like ratings on TV and no, people should, if they want power and they want to tell you what you have to do and they want to shape laws and they want to take policy action, they should be willing to say, here's why, and subject themselves to appropriate people who also have a knowledge of what's going on to push back on this. People who push the worst policies would have been able to do it the way that they did if there was an expectation that either the press or other, or, you know, that they would have to actually defend their positions. We, we've just gotten away from this now. Yeah, and and everybody wants to talk about threats to democracy. And January 6th, to me, the biggest threat to democracy is when you are objectively wrong as a leader and there are no consequences for your wrongness. I'm not talking about, hey, we've got a debate about what the, the tax rate should be for corporations. And somebody says it should be 20% and somebody else says, no, it should be 35%. I'm talking about... I, the, there were many governors, including Gavin Newsom, who shut down schools for years. Objectively, the kids that could least afford to have schools shut down were the least able to get an education during that period. Gavin Newsom failed the children of California. He failed the small businesses of California. That's why over a million people have left his state. And yet, he has, for the most part, rejected all consequences for his decision-making. And there has been none. And so to me, what should happen in 2024, again, I'm saying should, because if you are a diehard Trump supporter or you're a diehard Nikki Haley supporter or whatever, the two guys who represented big states and made the most different decisions as representatives of those states, as leaders of those states, were Ron DeSantis and Gavin Newsom. Yesterday we talked, Buck, about Disney World versus Disneyland. I think it's a perfect metaphor for how right Ron DeSantis was and how wrong Gavin Newsom was. So tonight, I am hoping that Ron DeSantis absolutely fillets Gavin Newsom because all the facts are on his side. And if he does, this is the question. I think it's a preview for 2028 regardless, and I think it's an election that would make a lot of sense for 2024 because we'd finally have a referendum on covid but, Buck, if he does, here's the big question coming out of tonight. If Ron DeSantis goes out and he crushes Gavin Newsom, 
Does it change the trajectory of 2024? I think it's a preview for 2028. It's like when two really good teams yeah. in the NFL play in the early part of the season and the Super Bowl's coming later. I think a Super Bowl in 28 might be between those two guys. But does it alter anything that happens tonight the way people think for 2024? Uh, it's, it's style versus substance, really. And so I, that, that I'm, I'm very certain is going to be my takeaway just because uh, the substance is entirely on DeSantis's side based on all the metrics that you can actually count, all the numbers that you can uh, tabulate. Whereas Gavin Newsom, it's about, you know, hey, like women's rights and growth and diversity. And, you know, it's just it's just all sort of yeah, equity. And I love your I love your Gavin Newsom voice. Thank you. I, I, I equity and inclusion. Do you all think this he's going to show up broad. at a debate with like with like four buttons down, you know, showing a lot of Manchester? You know, I think you like, might hey. see his nipple. I, I think I, I'm just gonna, I'm just going to toss it out there. I think Gavin Newsom might if he turns the right way, I think he might flash some nip. I, I, I mean, the, the amount of Gavin Newsom love from women is like women should have to defend themselves in California for falling for this dude. Women are like, oh, we need more good guys. You ever you always hear women like complain about needing more good guys, and then like the good guy sitting by himself at the end of the bar and nobody will talk to him. Like women oh, yeah. go for flash and substance like Gavin Newsom over like the nitty gritty like bring home the bacon guy all the time. And Gavin Newsom is a perfect representation of that. Yeah, I mean he's he's the political equivalent of the guy who shows up. On the Harley with the tattoos on his shoulders to pick up your daughter when she's college age or something. You're like, wait, who is this guy? Where did he come from? Like, well, you know, he's revving the motor out there. He's like, come on, sweetie. So, you know, Gavin Newsom is all about the appearance, the appearance of, of leadership and vision and all this, but his state is, and, and I always like to point this out too. I mean, I'm, I grew up as a New Yorker somewhat jealous of California. We'll come back to this, Clay, in, in a moment, because we're obviously both pretty fired up about uh, this uh, DeSantis-Newsom debate tonight. Um, but first off, look, this holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation is delivering on its ongoing commitment to do good and never forget the sacrifices of America's greatest heroes during their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and Christmas, the foundation is delivering mortgage-free homes to dozens of Americans severely injured first responders and gold star and fallen first responder families. One hero who received a home during the foundation season of hope is Captain James Howard. Captain Howard served for years, mostly in the 82nd Airborne Division and training for special forces, but he sustained many serious injuries. Today, he is a C5 quadriplegic who lost his hand and leg functions and is paralyzed from the chest down. Tunnel to Towers gave Captain James Howard and his family a fully adapted mortgage-free home to ease a financial burden and make the day-to-day movements of his life easier. Clay and I donate every month, and we really encourage you to please consider doing the same. Tunnel to Towers is such a worthy organization, and it is keeping our sacred commitment to our heroes who have sacrificed so much. Donate $11 a month during the season of giving to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. From the front lines of truth, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation 
And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Born on America's darkest day of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays the mortgage on the family home to lift the financial burden. For severely injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently. Through the Foundation's Homeless Veteran Program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless veterans. More than 3,300 were helped last year alone. Because all veterans who honorably served, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude. People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. No surprise, but do you know the number of abortions in states where it's deemed legal have increased since the overturning of Roe versus Wade? Sadly, unborn babies' lives are more at risk than ever, and that's where preborn steps in. Preborn introduces moms to their precious babies through ultrasound. When a mom in crisis hears her baby's heartbeat and sees her or him on ultrasound, she is twice as likely to choose life. Preborn has rescued hundreds of thousands of babies' lives, and their network of clinics are located in the highest abortion states, standing strong for moms in crisis and the most vulnerable preborn babies. Five ultrasounds are just $140, helping to rescue five babies. Preborn relies on donations from us. To donate securely, use your cell phone and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 saying baby or go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash buck. You will never regret saving a baby's life. Visit preborn.com slash buck sponsored by preborn. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to Clay and Buck. You know, Clay, uh, as we were talking about the um, reality here of the Gavin Newsom uh Ron DeSantis debate. One one thing that I I thought was really, you know, that's going to be hanging in the background of all of this too, because I would wonder what the numbers are for California, but nationwide, you see this that today, based on inflation, the rise of prices, and everything else that's going on nationwide, Americans need an extra eleven thousand four hundred dollars to afford the basics of their day to day: gas, yeah. food. Rent or, or mortgage, you know, pretty much saying it's like you're renting it from the bank. Um, you know, the, these are, these are the kind of numbers that if I, if we had a media that wasn't, and, and I know this is the oldest thing in conservative media to say, oh, the media is so biased and liberal, but Clay, $11,400? I mean, that's just a lot of money, period. That's a lot of money for people that right now are running up credit card debt, getting behind on car payments. It, it, it's getting messy out there right now. 
Yeah, I saw that. And the, several of these media organizations simultaneously also had stories saying, I don't understand why people don't realize how good the economy is. And <laughs> I, I it, it's, it's funny when you see some of these articles side by side, like everyone should just be thankful that Bidenomics is the greatest thing that's ever occurred in the history of the country. And then simultaneously you have stories where people are scrambling to be able to afford basics. And I, I think a huge part of this is, and I keep hammering it because it is such a massive talking point that I think a lot of people are missing. Inflation is now embedded forever. So the fact that inflation comes back down to 2% is fine. But if you look at what things cost now, the price is never coming back down. And so a big part of this is rent and housing because if you didn't buy a home, if you are listening to us, and I hate to say it, but if you're listening to us right now and you are 28 or 32 or 34 and you've been saving money for your whole life to try to put a down payment on a house, you miss two and a half or three percent interest. And unfortunately, you haven't seen prices on homes come back down. They've actually continued to go up. What we probably need and this is unfortunate, but it's, but it's a reality based on what's happened with cost of housing. Cost of housing relative to wages has basically never been higher. There are many parts of the country right now where if you have a normal job and you have a normal life, you have almost no hope of being able to buy a home in that city. And I would suggest maybe consider, if you can, moving somewhere else that's more affordable. But the problem is prices should come down when mortgage rates go up. But I think 80% of people right now who have mortgages have low-rate mortgages. They're not going to put their houses on the market, and therefore we have the lowest number of houses ever in the last 30 years, I think, selling right now. There's almost no inventory. So the lack of inventory is still driving up housing costs, which means you have right now, if you're trying to enter the home buying market, the highest mortgage rates in 20-some-odd years, and prices are continuing to go up, meaning unless you're rich legitimately, it's almost impossible to find a home that you can afford. And this is where I start to feel like a a contrarian impulse right now for the economy. Clay, it seems like there's been a little bit of an exhalation. A soft landing is upon us. Rates are going to come down. Inflation is going to be under control. Yeah, but maybe there's a lot on the books of banks and a lot of commercial mortgages and a lot of things that, are kind of being hidden away that it all start may coming tumbling down. This is my way of saying I'm starting to worry that while everyone's, you know, supposed to be breathing, they're not breathing easier because of prices. But while they're supposed to be breathing easier, we could be maybe next year is when an actual recession hits. And I know they're going to try to do everything they can to avoid it, but just because they want to avoid it doesn't mean that they can. Right. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm starting to feel a little weird about this economy, but look, there's not a week that goes by without another conference on artificial intelligence and implications for society and business. AI is massive. It's going to change the way so much business is done. It's going to change things in your life. And AI is just going to be getting bigger and bigger all the time. But as we are just talking about, the economy feels weird right now. The investment landscape is tricky. But I want you to check out this AI tech expert, Colin Tedards. He's a writer. And he thinks that we're entering a new era now where if you know which AI stocks are going to move the needle, you could make big money. He's recommending a new AI company he says could do better than some of the great wins he's already recommended in the past. Go to newaiproject.com now to learn more. That's newaiproject.com. 
NewAIProject.com, paid for by Brownstone Research. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We are rolling through the Thursday edition of the program. And, Buck, I saw this video last night. And for those of you who don't know, and you thought to yourself, well, maybe those uh, crazy Palestinian protests uh, against Israel, maybe they would start to slow down. They haven't really. We're two months in about since the October 7th terror attack. And last night there was yet another protest in New York City. Tons of uh, flags of Palestine. They were waving them widely, including at the Christmas tree outside of, uh, outside of the Fox News headquarters on 6th Avenue in New York City. I've been there a bunch. You've been there a bunch, Buck. Here is what it sounded like last night uh, as uh, people were climbing onto walls around Fox News and chanting this. All right, the saying basically, free, free Palestine from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And then they also then continued in front of Fox News chanting, shut it down at the uh, flood the tree lighting for Gaza. I believe this was the Rockefeller Center tree. I don't know why the predominantly Muslim protesters decided to protest a Christmas tree lighting because I don't necessarily think of Christmas trees as being incredibly connected to uh, to the Jewish population, but they were outside of the Fox News tree. I think also there was supposed to be the lighting of the Rockefeller Center tree, and so it was kind of just a jumbled mess. But here they are outside of the Fox News Christmas tree, cut five. Okay, they're chanting shut it down, uh, as you can well hear. And this is getting pretty chaotic. There were later, I believe, some of these protesters arrested. Buck, you'll remember, was it last year that they burned down uh, the Fox News Christmas tree? Or maybe it was two years ago. Uh, this is a big Christmas tree right outside the 1211 building uh, on 6th Avenue in uh, in uh, in the middle of Manhattan. And these wasn't people are one, not Wasn't that like one down. crazy person or was that a protest? No, no, no. It was a crazy, it was a, but I mean, some crazy person burned down the Fox News Christmas yes. tree. Cause I, I remember, I remember saying, you know, you need to do, I was talking to the, the Fox News execs and I was like, look, I, we need to do more programming in Nashville. I can't guarantee everything's going to be perfect. I, I don't think anybody's going to burn down your Christmas tree in Nashville. Um, and in much of the country, I think that would be true too. But this is now at least two, uh, Fox News Christmas tree related events. But this is these people who are angry at Israel. It's not. It doesn't seem to me, Buck, getting the temperature dialed down to any degree, right? And we're coming now yeah. into the Christmas season, and these people are still just as angry as they were two months ago. Well, the military campaign is currently paused, as we know, because of the hostage swaps that have happened in, or I should say, yeah, the swaps for hostages. Israel has people who are in prison who are combatants, uh, and they've released some of them. Meanwhile, Hamas has, like, babies and elderly people. Um, but there's, there's this, you can tell there's a hope among many people who are perhaps not as openly pro Hamas or, you know, crying on behalf of Palestine 
that somehow this just results in a permanent ceasefire and that Israel is not going to do what it has to do here, which I think would be a huge mistake. I don't think the Israelis are going to do that. But as long as there is either um, military action by Israel or the imminent reality of military action, I think these protests are are likely to continue. One thing about this I thought was, you know, just... what is the point of these protests? I, I remember thinking this at various times, whether it's during you know, BLM riots or what I mean is not why do they say they're protesting, Clay, but what, is, what would they actually think is being accomplished by these protests? And, and it really does uh, remind me, I mean, if you go back and you read um, Rules for Radicals, I spent a lot of time thinking about it, talking about that because of my days uh, working for Glenn Beck. And, and he brought rules for radicals forward. It became a thing that the American people all of a sudden knew about and paid attention to, thanks to Glenn. Uh, the idea of political mobilization as something that is enjoyable for the people who are involved in it, this is that, I think. A lot of these pro-Palestine protests are just, are just um, surly malcontents who are looking for an excuse to bang drums, to shout, to yell at people, Including to yell, you know, profanity and, and threats of people. I saw some, some video, uh, of, of one of these protests where they were shouting, you know, one guy was shouting anti, anti-Semitic slurs at a guy. I mean, this is, but, but for these people, it's almost a, uh, you know, they just want to vent their spleen. You know, they, they just want to be, it, it's, it's an excuse to make a lot of noise, draw attention to yourself. Cause you're not, no one's saying, oh, the guys who were at the Christmas, or at the Christmas tree in front of Fox, they got a point. I'm, I'm on board with them. Like, I, you know, they yeah. changed my mind. I, I actually think, too, Buck, it's about social media. Because I think people want to get their picture at the protest to post on social media so everyone can see how good of a person they oh, yeah. are. I remember we yeah, posted, totally. we talked about this in the first hour of the show, but Elon Musk, I thought, in his deal book comments, was so interesting about this because, and I'm paraphrasing him, but... There's this massive demand from people who are not actually doing anything good to claim that they're doing something good, uh, as a, when they're actually sometimes engaged in acts that, that, that are profoundly evil. And I, I, I really do wonder in the same way, you know, during the BLM protests, do you remember how many people you saw like posting a picture of themselves in the middle of the BLM protests in the same way? that someone would post a picture of themselves on a fancy beach vacation. It's to show people, hey, look at me, look at what I'm doing. It's personal branding. And it is such a weird world. And I know a lot of you out there are are older and you know maybe you post pictures of your grandkids on Facebook or something, but you're not really plugged in. Every person in an age of social media has to feel like they have a personal brand. And your personal brand is not just something that you support, although it can be, it's also what you're against. And I think it's fundamentally changed the way that national discourse occurs because I remember, and I bet you do too, Buck, um, when I was a kid, I remember my grandma saying, uh, there's two things people should never talk about. She was, you know, 80 years old at the time. Sex and religion politics. And religion and politics. Oh, well, religion yeah. and politics. Two things, right? And... That was pretty common, I think, a lot of times in the 70s, 80s, 90s. Like, you kind of just got used to what, and, and religion, it wasn't like you were, uh, in, in the era in which I grew up in, Buck. It was like, 
you were Church of Christ or you were Baptist. Or, I mean, you were in some way religious, right? But it wasn't, you just didn't even talk about your particular religious, um, you know, discipline. It wasn't like there were a lot of Muslims or a lot of uh, Jews around where I grew up in the South. It was primarily you were just one faction of Protestant. And you just didn't even talk about that because there was a difference in, uh, you know, relatively small difference in, in the grand scheme of things. If you look at history, even different factions of Protestant or factions of Christian, uh, occasionally they have problems with each other. Uh, occasionally they get a little, correct, little, little too uh, excited about things. Um, but I, I think, uh, that, that what we, what we see now, yeah, the social media component of it is, is huge. Um, but I, I really believe, so here's the thing, you know how I think you had said here on the show, and and people have have made similar uh predictions BLM will come back for yeah. the for the election year. Yes. Because Palestinian issues are treated as a race issue by the left in America. Doesn't matter that that's ignorant of the actual truth of what's, you know, on the ground of the demographics in Israel because it is I think this is where the the racial grievance apparatus may push this may be the issue going into the election year. They, they'll, they'll see how long they can make this go. Um, so this is also why, if you remember, one of the loudest and craziest entities out there on behalf of the Palestinians early on were different BLM factions. Yeah. Why is BLM so interested in, you know, all of a sudden geopolitics? Ah, because this is, for the left, a race issue, first and foremost. I'll tell you actually why I disagree with that when you come. This is a really interesting point. I, I, and I'll tell you when we come back in the next segment, I'll tell you why I think it has to be BLM and why this group will not be able to surpass in the grievance train, uh, BLM. But uh, it's, it's a really interesting discussion that, that you just, uh, you just hit me on here. Uh, but in the meantime, we heard from a listener who was a victim of online identity theft in the past week during the shopping frenzy around Thanksgiving. No sooner did he get a phone call and text from LifeLock, there was evidence of credit card fraud. Then he checked his credit card balance, found one bogus charge after another. Whoever the cyber thief was acted quickly. Five purchases in an hour, the biggest being more than $6,000. The only word to describe the sensation of having your identity stolen and money being spent in your name without your permission is blindsided. You have such an urgency to become a detective yourself trying to figure out how your credit card got into the wrong hands particularly if you're still carrying the actual credit card. LifeLock's online system scan through billions of transactions every week, seeing patterns of sudden spending on accounts or accounts being opened in your name or unusual purchases made in unusual places. If and when you're a victim of identity theft, LifeLock assigns you a restoration specialist so you can work to restore your good name in no time. It's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Join now, save 25% off your first year with promo code CLAY. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com. Use promo code CLAY for 25% off. You know them as conservative radio hosts. Now just get to know them as guys on the Sunday Hang podcast with Clay and Buck. Find it in their podcast feed on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. 
you keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Born on America's darkest day of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays the mortgage on the family home to lift the financial burden. For severely injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently. Through the Foundation's Homeless Veteran Program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless veterans. More than 3,300 were helped last year alone. Because all veterans who honorably served, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude. People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. There is a great evil taking place in our society. Since 1973, over 64 million babies' lives have been taken. Preborn is dedicated to saving these precious lives. And every day, the staff members at Preborn Clinics rescue 200 babies and help women in crisis by sharing light, love, and a free ultrasound. That changed my life, just from that ultrasound picture. You see, when an expectant mother meets her precious baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, she is twice as likely to choose life for her baby. Would you join me and Preborn in rescuing babies' lives? One ultrasound is just $28, and for $140, you can sponsor five ultrasounds helping to rescue five babies' lives. To donate securely, use your cell phone and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 saying baby or go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash buck. You will never regret saving a baby's life. Visit preborn.com slash buck, sponsored by Preborn. Uh, we're going to be closing up shop here today on Play and Buck. Thanks so much for rolling with us. And because parting is such sweet sorrow from all of you, we want to remind you that you can listen to the Clay and Buck podcast on demand. Also, we've got other podcasts that go into the feeds. You've got new, fresh content that you can't even hear on our Wonderful three-hour radio show. Download the iHeartRadio app, and please listen there. It's a great way to do it. Um, and I, I I just stumbled upon uh, some third-degree black belt uh, ninja-level analysis over here. You know, I mean, really, like, like just high-level le- high stuff. And Clay's like, actually, <laughs> actually, I don't know about that. And I wasn't saying it will happen. I'm just saying it could happen. But it seems to me that Palestinian issues have become effectively racialized in this country such that the left is mobilizing around them and may continue to do so. Clay says no. Clay says, well, what do you say, sir? So here's why I think BLM has to come back. All of the Palestinian mobilization actually is incredibly detrimental 
to 2024 chances for Democrats because it is an identity politics collision because it requires you to choose between supporting the Palestinians or the Jews, which have traditionally both been Democrat electorates. They are going to somehow, in my opinion, Buck, have to pivot out of this protest and come back to BLM because BLM makes the white man the bad guy. And BLM, in theory at least, creates identity politics beneficial to the Democrat Party because they argue, oh, America's so racist that unless you support Democrats, there's going to be, this is their argument, black people getting murdered left and right by these awful racist police officers, the ones of whom they focus on, Buck, are only white. Remember what happened with Tyree Nichols, five black guys kill him. Nobody cares if the black cops do anything. It's got to be white cops acting out. And so I think they are going to recognize that this is so detrimental to their identity politics alliance because it peels off both Arab support and Jewish support from Democrats. They'll find, and I hate to say this, I hate to sound so cynical, but they will find a police officer somewhere in America that they believe a white guy, that they are a white woman, that they believe engaged in uh, predatory behavior against a black person, excessive force, and they will turn it into a major national issue again. Now, the question is, on top of that, they're going to try it. I wait, wait, hold, 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 but I, but I, I got a couple things to throw in before yeah. you go. On. Can we can we put a pin on the on yeah, top yeah. of that? Because we only got a few minutes here before we close. I don't think that, uh, especially once the military side of things, um, easy. First of all, my, my my actual prediction is that this is going to fade, and by next fall, no one's even going to be thinking about this issue. But if you're just talking about where the mobilization of leftist, which is really what I'm referring to, like leftist entities like BLM. Yeah. They've latched onto this Palestinian issue and they're pushing this. And I say it's because it's a racialized issue for them instead of actually what it is, which is a whole deeper Muslim Christian. I mean, sorry, Muslim uh, Jewish uh, issue. But I don't think you're going to see a major change in the Jewish vote come the election. Well, and and, that, and I say that as somebody who couldn't be more supportive of Israel in this than I think I have been. And, and I think everyone knows my politics and my feelings on this. But I just don't think you will see a measurable shift. And now I will say my I mean. Most of my friends here in Florida, a majority of my uh, my social acquaintances here in Florida are Jewish. They say they think this moment is different. I don't think it will end up being different when people cast their ballots. That's my sense of it. Because other, it's just because other issues come up, and the you know there's other things. So I'm not sure they're as worried about the identity politics coalition as what your analysis lays out. Because I think that it will fade. But they'll continue to have sort of these, you know, Palestine protests and things like that to give the BLM movement something to do. Yeah, it's it's such an interesting question because if you're right and it is the new version of BLM, to me what it would represent, Buck, is that the left has lost control of its ability to mobilize identity politics grievance to drive turnout and actually that it's going to turn on them because – the question, at some point, can, can all revolutions you know, do. BLM, people forget this. A lot of Republicans were bending the knee to BLM oh, I know. in 2020. Because that video, the George Floyd video, the way, it, the, the way it impacted people when they first saw it and everything else, there were, and, and people got terrified. All of a sudden, you know, they're, they're, everyone was running for cover on this issue. Well, not everyone, like Tucker. There were some people that were saying, hold on a second, hold on. I think that Tucker Carlson's best monologues on TV ever. And I used to watch Tucker, um, you know, pretty, pretty consistently was 
when everyone was saying, oh, my gosh, maybe we could do police reform at the national level. And he's like, there are lunatics looting stores everywhere, burning them down and attacking people, including attacking cops in the streets. This is anti-civilization. Like, what's going on here? There there were some Republicans who were very, uh, oh, let's talk about criminal justice reform. No, there were mm-hmm. lots. And look, Trump shared uh, on Truth Social a uh, a post from somebody who was in the, the, the formerly or currently in the BLM community saying that, that he, I believe, was going to support Trump. Um, I think that is where I think the intuition of Trump was right, to that he could break up identity politics. The challenge that he ran into was, I think COVID put everything on such steroids. I don't, I think he underestimated how nasty Democrats would be to paint him as a racist. And even still, he still grew black, Asian and Hispanic support. But this is going to be one of the most important stories I think to follow is how does the Democrats, how do they reconcile their identity politics given what's going on right now with all these protests? And we shall, uh, you know, we'll see if my prediction ends up being right on a lack of a change in, in support despite all this uh, within certain communities. But we got to leave it there. I'm going to go uh, make sure my stakes are defrosted. And Clay and I will be sort of texting and tweeting. So make sure you check it out tonight. We'll be watching as uh, Sean moderates uh, between Gavin Newsom and Ron DeSantis. Should be fun. And thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.